So what we're going deeper into tonight is, is really that thought of how uh, God's Word is a lamp unto our feet. And we're going to jump into uh, Psalms 119. So can you stand to your feet uh, tonight? We're going to jump into Psalms 119, verse 101. Psalms 119, verse 101. We're reading out the New Living Translations tonight. Uh, but uh, we're going to read it. Uh, it starts with this. It says, I have refused to walk on any evil path so that I may remain obedient to your word. Everybody say word. Say, so I can be obedient to your word. I haven't turned away from your regulations, for you have taught me well. And how sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. Who can be, who can testimony to a fact that God's word is sweeter than man's word. God's word is better than any instruction you get from a podcast or from YouTube. The word of God is sweeter than honey. Verse 104 says, your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Your word, everybody say word one more time. Say your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Tonight we're going to jump into talking about how the word is a light to our path. And it might be an, an old-fashioned, but that doesn't mean it's outdated. But what we're talking about tonight is walking. Everybody say walking walking in the word. Let's pray over uh, the service tonight. Father, we thank you for gathering us tonight, God. We dedicate this service over to you. Father, we thank you for peace over this service. We thank you, Father, God, that there is no distraction of the enemy. God, we thank you right now, God, for clarity, Father, with open minds and soft hearts, God, that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are here for a reason. We are here on assignment. We're not here by accident, God, but you brought us into this house tonight on the last service of 2022 because we want more of you father we want more of your presence we want more of your spirit we did not gather to play church we gathered to be the church to hear from your spirit to grow closer to your son so god have your way tonight break down walls tonight father we cancel every plan of the enemy tonight but we say let your will be fulfilled and let us see promises come to pass let us see addiction be fleed from this house and let us god see your will take place in the name of Jesus, and everybody says, amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus one more hand clap of praise tonight, and then y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated. Uh, we're, we're sticking around in Psalms chapter 119 tonight, and, and the more you kind of look at Psalms 119 from a, from a big perspective, you will see that this chapter is very long. Psalms 119 is 176 verses long. And it's actually the longest chapter in the Bible. And it's all about that the whole theme of Psalms 119, the whole theme of this chapter is glorifying the Word of God. It's glorifying it, how we are supposed to be led and directed by His voice and by His law. So this whole chapter, the longest chapter in Scripture, is all about how we need to follow after the Word and how we can hear what He is saying so we can follow his directions. But Psalms 119 even goes deeper into that, and it, it, it is actually broken up into an acoustic pattern. And, and by that I mean this, Psalms 119 is broken up into 22 sections, and if you've read it, you, you'll see these kind of weird words at the beginning of each section. And, and what that is actually is, is a letter from the Hebrew alphabet, because there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, 
And so Psalms 119 has 22 sections, and each section uh, starts with the, one of the letters from the Hebrew alphabet, and it actually starts with the, with the letter it's representing. So long story short, it's broken up into the language of the of, uh, Hebrew language, and it aligns with the 22, 22 words or letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And you can actually dive deeper into that and you see how each letter represents a, and signifies a, a different topic and, and value. But when I begin to think, God, why, why is Psalms 119 so large and why is it the longest chapter and why is it broken up into the 22 sections and each section has eight verses long and, and each section is, is signified by a, a letter in the Hebrew alphabet. I was like, God, what's so special about this chapter? Why is it signified with the Hebrew language? And I think, or what I begin to, to see is that what God was trying to portray through the writers is that the reason why it's so connected with the Hebrew language, because he was trying to tell his people that if you're going to speak, then you need to speak the word of God. That we need to associate our language, how we speak, and how we communicate with giving God glory, praise, and giving his word the affirmation that it deserves. That whenever we speak, we should be speaking the word of God. And he tied in Psalms 119 with the Hebrew alphabet, signifying that every letter and word that comes out of our mouth should be glorifying God's word, should be speaking God's word. That you want to know how you communicate, you want to know how you need to be able to illustrate, we need to speak what God is speaking in his word. And I believe that's why he gave us Psalms 119. It might be long, it might be so many things on the inside, but I believe he gave it to us for a reason to show that it is that important. It is that important to him for us to speak his word. And there's a reason why. If you ever see something in scripture that's so creative, so intricate, there's a reason why God did that. It's for us to take a closer look. It's for us to see it from a perspective of saying, God, you gave us this psalm not just so we can look over it, but so that we could realize the importance of God's word in our life. And all throughout Psalms 119, every section, every 22 sections of Psalm 119, it's all about how we can hear God's word and how God's word should be the first thing that we look at and the last thing that we look at. How it all should be intertwined with our language, how we speak and how we talk and how important it is for us. It should be intertwined with our language, to be intertwined with how we communicate. And so for us to walk in the light, we have to speak the light. And we have to communicate the light. We have to speak God's word. Uh, I think we get so caught up in today's language and thoughts and, and ideology that we get confused by the saying, let's keep it simple and realize that if we want to speak powerfully, we need to speak God's word. That if we want to speak that has uh, power, then we got to speak God's word. And he gave it to us from the beginning for a reason. It might seem out-fashioned or old-fashioned, but that doesn't mean it's outdated. That God's word stands forever. And so how we communicate should be with first God's word. And so we're diving into that tonight. And we're going to read about how we can be led by the light in the sense of walking in the word of God. Going through Psalms 119 and, and going throughout the scripture. And how it alliterates how we're supposed to communicate God's word. Come on, if you're excited about the word of God, give Jesus a shout of praise tonight. If you understand the power and the light that is in it. Earlier this week, um, my wife Haley, she had a, had a problem that she realized. 
and she was really she was really worried about it because um, every time we would leave the house we we would come back and we would look at our kitchen um, sink area and the counter and it would be different from how we left it the first time she noticed it she went and looked at the kitchen area and by the sink and there was like a you know those uh, tea packets there's a tea packet totally like exploded on the kitchen counter and she was like oh my gosh babe we have a mouse there's something going on I was like ah I don't know maybe maybe we do I don't know and then the second time the next day we look and we keep our butter in this thing I don't even know what it's called but we keep it on the, on the counter in our kitchen. And the next time we came back to the house, that the, the top of the butter thing was open and there was no butter in it. And we're like, this mouse must love butter or something. I don't know. And so we're, we're confused, like, oh, maybe we do have a mouse. And I was about to call an exterminator. I was about to say we need to get this mouse gone or whatever it is. And, and as I was thinking about the solution of how we can fix the problem and and how we can fix this problem of getting rid of the mouse or whatever. As I was thinking about that, we recently got a new couch in the house. And this new couch uh, connects to uh, the kitchen counter that we have. It wasn't like that before. And that kitchen counter is connected to our sink and it's connected to all that. And as I was thinking about the problem, I watched my little dog Shiloh jump on the top of the couch and then leap to the top of the counter and begin to walk across our sink and our stove. And I said, oh my gosh, that's our mouse. That's who's been eating our stuff and eating our butter. And, and I actually got really mad at her because we had breakfast this morning and we just found this out. We had breakfast this morning and Haley left some sausage we didn't leave or eat. And I was studying for tonight and all I hear is something going crazy in the kitchen and I look and Shiloh's eating our sausage on the stove. I'm like dog get off there right now and and I you know I corrected the best I could but you know dogs. But long story short I was looking for the problem but we didn't know what the root of the problem was. And what I love about the word of God is that the word of God will tell you what the roots of your problem is is a lot of times what we do is that we try to address the fruit of our problem right we that's why we take uh, medication for depression or or that's why if we have anxiety we try to fix the anxiety but that's not the root of your problem that's the fruit of your problem that's a that's the that's the onset of something else going on but what the word of God does for us is that it gets to the root. Because see, the root of the problem isn't depression. The root might be unforgiveness that causes you to be depressed. And the Word of God highlights what the root is so that way we can address the root, so that way we can illuminate what is wrong, and so that way we know what to address. Amen? See, in the same way, we thought we had a mouse. Really, we just had Shiloh. And Shiloh acts like a mouse sometimes. This is what scripture says in Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12 says this. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirits, between joint and marrow. It exposes, everybody say exposes, our innermost thoughts and desire. See, when you read the word of God, it should convict you. 
when you read God's word, it should bring things to light that you realize that's the root of my problem. It should bring you to a place of understanding that you can see, hey, this is what is going wrong. Now I see what I need to correct, and that is what the word does for us. And the word doesn't do that for us to expound on our wrongs. Don't think that when you read the Bible, it's going to make you feel bad about yourself. No, when you read God's word, it makes you feel better about yourself, knowing not about how many things you've done wrong, but seeing how many things you can do right and see how you can get better and stronger and bolder. Every time I read the word of God, I don't want to leave that moment the same way I began it. I want to leave that moment stronger bolder, more in a place of understanding. Why? Because the word is a two-edged sword. It needs a cut between what is wrong and what is right, what is flesh and what is spirit, and that's a gift that God has given us. Who's thankful for the word of God tonight? That's point number one for tonight is that the word indicates, everybody say indicates, the word indicates our problem what our problems are, what, what really is going on. The word will indicate what the root of the problem is so that way we could uproot that problem and that way we can move on with Jesus. That way we could get rid of what is holding us down so that way we can move on and move forward where God wants us to go. I believe reading the word of God should be like a mirror. That when we read the word of God, we don't need to be looking at other people and be saying, oh, that person is definitely not acting like this, right? Or so-and-so, oh, so-and-so is struggling with that. No, when we read the word of God, we need to look at it like a mirror. Saying, God, where can I correct myself? God, where can I be stronger? God, what can I remove? God, let the word be a two-edged sword and remove the things from my life that is holding me down. That's what the word of God should feel like. It should feel like a mirror. Showing us how we can get better. Showing us how we can get stronger in God. Showing us how we can move forward what God has for our life. And let me tell you this. That is a healthy relationship with the Word of God. That is a mature relationship with the Word of God. Being able to read His Word and be able to come out with understanding of how to better yourself. Don't think that you'll ever reach a place in your life where you will read God's Word and think, oh, yep, I'm perfect. Oh, yep, I'm I'm." All those things God's told me to. No, a mature relationship with God, a mature relationship with the word is reading his word and saying, ah, I can get better in this. Oh, that mindset I have is wrong. Oh, how I've been speaking is wrong. And be continually, it's a continual process for us to be able to get closer and closer of God regenerating us through the Holy Spirit and through God's word. That's a sign of maturity. It's a sign of maturity when you read about doubting Thomas and think, man, I need to be bolder in my faith. It's a sign of maturity when you read about the life of David and say, man, I need to be stronger in my faith or stronger in my boldness. That's a sign of maturity. That's not a sign that you are in your infancy. Don't think that. That's a lie from the enemy. It's a sign of maturity to read God's word and say, man, I need to get better. Man, I need to do things better. Man, I need to act right. That is a sign of maturity. Because here's the thing. If we do not let God's word be a mirror, then we will let society be our mirror. And we will go to society and say, oh, how should I act? Or we'll go up to culture and say, oh, how should I act? Or we go up to people and say, hey, hey, so-and-so, how should I act? And we'll begin to reflect ourselves upon others. 
we'll begin to compare ourselves. We'll begin to say, man, I need to act more like that person, or I need to act more like that culture, or, or if I'm going to find purpose, man, I need to act more like that person, and we will find ourselves confused and lost. We'll find ourselves with insecurities. We'll find ourselves never being able to, to feel value enough in our life. Why? Because we weren't meant to compare ourselves to nothing else than ourselves yesterday. We're not meant to look at ourselves in the mirror, nothing else but the word of God. They say, God, how can I be stronger? God, how can I be in a place where you want me to be? And that only comes from God's word. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise if you know his word is the mirror that we should be. See, let the word of God be your mirror. One of the hobbies I, I picked up a few years ago um, is uh, woodworking. And I might sound like, yeah, I know I'm an old man. But one of the hobbies I picked up was, was woodworking. And, and uh, a few years ago, I got into it. And, and really, the first reason I got into it was because it saves a lot of money. Because when Haley and I first got married, I'm like, it costs how much to buy a desk? I said, I'll just build that thing, you know, instead of having to buy it. It saves a lot more money. And, and so we, um, uh, many things in our house are things I built. So I built Haley a, a piano desk where it's a, a, it's a desk that's a piano. And then you remove it, and now it's a desk. And it's two in one, so that way Haley has a place to play piano and have her desk. I built our dining table. Um, I built our, our kitchen um, island. And uh, thank you, thank you. And uh, so I got into a wood, like, you know, that was one of the hobbies that I picked up over the last few years. And, and um, another reason why I, I enjoy woodworking, because it forces you to slow down. Like, if you've ever done woodworking, you know, if you try to do it fast and you try to speed through it, you're going to make a lot of miscuts and mismeasurements and mistakes. And all those things equal time and money. All those things will cost you in the long run. And so... Uh, one of the things that woodworking does is causes me to slow down and, and follow through the process and be patient each step along the way. And one of the earliest things I learned about woodworking um, is that I am an illustrative learner. Uh, that that is the way for me to get the best results is for me uh, to not to try to do it on my own. For me not to say, I want to build a desk and I'm just going to try to figure it out on my own. I, I learned early in uh, that woodworking hobbies that if I want to have the best results, I need, to, I need to have an illustrative lesson. I need to look it up on YouTube. I need to look up a, an article how to make it because I realized after making a lot of mistakes and making many, many problems in the long run that I said, you know what, it is better for me to uh, swallow my pride on this. And instead of me trying to do it on my own and, and try to figure out everything on my own, it's better for me to just look up on YouTube and see how they did it so that way I don't make mistakes I don't have to. That way I don't have to make the same mistake over and over again. And that way I can get better results because what I, what I realized early on in my woodworking is that if I tried to just do it on my own, I would make mistake after mistake. And then I would get frustrated, and then I would quit. There are some projects that I haven't resumed because I got so frustrated that I quit. But what I realized is, because first of all, that happens a lot in life, that sometimes God has instructed us to do something, but we try to do it on our own, and we make mistake after mistake, and we get frustrated, and we quit doing it, and we try to blame God or somebody else when really it's a reflection of ourselves. But what I've learned is that if I want to build something right, I need to have the instructions on how to build it. 
that I could just try to imagine something in my mind and figure it out on my own. But I make too many mistakes that way, and I, make, and I waste way too much time and money doing it that way. And so I've learned that if I want to build something, you know, I first need to have a direction and instruction or a good YouTube video for me to build it the right way. See, really what the word is for us is the instructions to do things how God wants us the right way. Because maybe the problem isn't knowing what to do. Maybe our problem is knowing how to do it. See, a lot of times we know what God wants to do in our life, but we don't know how to do it. We don't know what steps to take. We are intimidated by the fact of how to do God's will, and then we try to do it on our own. And because of all the mistakes that we've made and we get frustrated with God's will, that we say, you know what, God, I, I tried starting that business. I tried writing that book. I tried going to church. But after all those mistakes and after all that frustration, God, I give up. I tried it my best. But see, what God's word allows us to do, to gives, it gives us the correct preparation and training to do God's will. Look, this is what 2 Timothy 3.16 says, through 17. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and it is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. There's many times I turn on a YouTube video and say, man, this whole time I've been using the wrong tools. Or I was using the wrong wood, and I became so frustrated. I wish I would have saw this video sooner. And see, and it continues, says, it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Everybody say right. But says God uses it to prepare. Everybody say prepare. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. See, God gave us his word. So that way he could prepare us to do his will. God gave us his word so that way he could show us and give us instructions and give us really an illustration of how to do what God has called us to do. That's point two for tonight is that the word illustrates. Everybody say illustrates. The word illustrates our purpose. God's word will illustrate how to live a life of peace. God's words will illustrate how to live a life of love. God's words will illustrate how to be a good wife or a husband. God's word will illustrate how to be a good businessman. God's word will illustrate how to be a good friend. God's word will illustrate how to be a good brother. God's word will illustrate everything that God has called you to be. If you need to find instruction manual, if you need to look up on YouTube, you need to go to work God's word because it will illustrate how to do his will and it will show you how to do it the right way. So that way you don't have to make the same mistake over and over again. So that way you don't have to go in circles over and over again. Because let me tell you this, if you try to live a life after Jesus without reading his word, you're going to live a life frustrated in your faith. You're going to live a life saying, what is going wrong? What is going on, God? I'm just trying to live after you, but you're doing it without his instructions and his illustrations of how to do his will. See, the word of God will illustrate how to do the will of God. The word of God will illustrate how to do the will of God. See, when we have questions about God's will in my life, the first person I go to is not people, it's not a website, it's not a podcast. The first thing I go to is God's word. Because I know if that there is something that I need to do in God's will, God's word will illustrate the way. 
if there's a question I have about where he wants me to go, God's word will illustrate how I need to do it. God's word is always the instruction manual of how to build the life he has called you to build. God's word will lead us through it. See, I remember in my first year of uh, Bible college, um, I was dealing with a, with a sense of, uh, of unworthiness or, or with, a, with a sense of that I wasn't able because, see, I wasn't planning on spending too much time at this Bible college. I was just planning on being there for, for three months and then I would leave. But God began to call me to be longer and longer and I ended up being there for a few years. But at the beginning, I just wanted to speed through it. I wanted to get it over with. I wanted to go back to doing my plan. I wanted to go back to doing things that I wanted to do because uh, ministry wasn't on my radar. I, it wasn't on my five-year journal to be a pastor. It wasn't, you know, I didn't have it on my wall. Of what I want, like, I didn't have none of that. What I'm doing now wasn't a plan of man. Let me just tell you that. But when I was in my first year of Bible college and God began to call me, and if you ever felt that calling and that pulling to go deeper into his word and, and deeper into his presence, and he began to call and he began to lead, I began to feel the, the weight of his purpose that he has for me. And and, but I began to feel so unworthy because I said, God, I said, I said, who am I to accept this calling? I said, God, I said, who am I to accept what you want me to do for my life? Because I, I, it's not my plan. I never wanted to do, I don't want to do that. Or it wasn't something that I, I saw for myself. And, and I said, God, I don't come from a, from a place of, of, of ministry. Or I don't, I don't, like, God, I don't understand. I, I was struggling with that fact. And I almost wanted to push it off and say, God, that's not you. Because I felt so unworthy every time God was leading me through it. And, but then I began to read God's word. And as I was praying and as I was reading God's word, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me. Because he, God, let me just tell you this. God knows what you're dealing with. If you're dealing with something, God knows what it is. If you have a problem in your life, if it's the insecurity, if it's direction, whatever it is, God has the answer. All we have to do is spend some time with him and we're going to find it. And I was praying one night, and I was feeling that unworthiness. I was feeling like I wasn't able and I wasn't capable. And, and now as I was praying, I was reading God's word, God began to say, and I said, God began to tell me to, to study the life of David. He said, you want to find your answer. You want to find an illustration. He said, study the life of David. So I began to read about the life of David. And one of the first things I came across is, is when the prophet Samuel, right, came to the came to the house of Jesse, and all the brothers were, were coming together. And, but David, David was left to the side. David wasn't even thought to be good enough or worthy enough to be a king. And so Samuel came into the house, and he looked at all these people who were good enough, who, who had the, the equipment that people thought they should have, or, or look, they looked the part. All the brothers looked the part to be king, but, but God said, I'm not looking for people who look the part on the outside. God said, I'm not looking for people who have all the talent and abilities that man say that they need. And David, you know the story, David came in and God said, that's the man that I'm looking for. That's the person that I'm looking for. He says, and it's not, it has nothing to do on the outside. It has everything to do on the inside. It has nothing to do about what David is. That's everything that he has on the inside. And that's what God said. He said, he said, man looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart. And when I read that scripture, it hit me and I realized, it said, it's not about what I feel. It's not about what people tell me. It's about what God has placed on the inside of me. And that weight of unworthiness, that weight of feeling I'm not good enough, that weight of saying I'm not capable was lifted off of me. And God delivered me from that. And how did he do that? He did that through his word. He did that through him illustrating how he can bring me out of anything. And he saw me to read the book of David or read about David in the book of Samuel. Why? Because God's word will illustrate what we need to do next. 
God's word will illustrate and show us and give us insight. And, and that's why there's no way that we can try to live this life without God's word. There's no way we can try to do God's purpose and calling without God's word because we're going to be going in circles. We're going to be confused and insecure and we don't know what to do next. But when we go to God's word, there's always an answer. When you go to God's word, there's rel relief in God's word. When you go to God's word, it's, it's almost like he begins to highlight things in the scripture and he begins to bring things to your spirit. He begins to speak to you in a way that you're saying, God, man, you really are the great teacher. You really are the great the physician and, and you are, really are the great God because you're showing me answers that no man can give. You're showing me, you're giving me a relief that the world can't offer. And that what is so awesome about the word of God. See, God will relieve us of anything that we feel in our life. And a lot of times, a lot of times the answer isn't going and looking for a new podcast. A lot of times the answer isn't going and trying to find the right person. A lot of times the answer is just going back to the word. Go into the Word of God. Begin to read. I don't care if you read it a million times. Read it like it's the first time, and God will bring revelation. God will bring light, and he will bring the answer that he has for your life. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise if you're thankful for the Word that he has given you. Because God's Word is powerful. One of the most common questions um, I believe that I mean, a lot of people give, especially pastors and ministers, one of the most common questions that I get is, is how do I know uh, what to do next? How do I know what is God's will? How do I know uh, what, what next step to take? Or how do I know exactly where to go? And, it, and to see, a lot of times this life can be confusing. A lot of times you're going to be questioning. And, it, and it's hard to know exactly where God wants you uh, to go. The first thing I usually say is, you know, when people are struggling about what's next, I say, well, first of all, uh, faith isn't about being obedient without uncertainty. That's, that's not faith. Faith is being obedient despite being uncertain. That's what faith looks like. Faith is saying, God, I don't really know how this is all working out, but I'm being obedient anyways. God, I don't really know how this is going to work out five years from now, but God, I'm being obedient anyways. That's what faith looks like. Faith is never a, uh, a, a sure thing in your mind. Faith is never something to say, God, I see exactly how you're doing all this. I'm, I'm walk That's not faith. Faith is saying, God, I barely see what the next step is, but I trust that you're leading me somewhere, and I trust it's going to all work out, and I trust you more than I trust anybody else. So I'm stepping out by faith despite the uncertainty. That's what faith looks like. But always the second thing I say, well, man, have you, have you really prayed and read God's word about it? Have you really looked into scripture? Have you really studied it? Have you really, have you really just decided, say, God, reveal something to me? Because I really, truly believe that every answer that we need is found in the word of God. I truly believe that. I truly believe that if there's something we are struggling with, there is relief in God's word. If there's something that we have questions about, there is an answer in God's word. And so, because I don't know about you, but I've seen that happen many times in my life, is that I found the greatest reservoir, not in the opinions of man, but in the word of God. And finding relief and comfort and guidance. And I say, because read God's word, because I believe that he has the answer. Now, will it be the exact, you know, answer as far as like it will be exactly what your situation and say you need to turn right turn left and then you're there no like it doesn't look like that but you will feel the peace about it in a way you've never felt before because this is what scripture says in 119 105 what, what we read it says in 105 it says your word is a lamp everybody say lamp, lamp. 
to guide my feet in a light for my path. Everybody say path. See, it says God's word will give light to our path. And he, in the verse 105, it compared God's word to a lamp, which I believe was done in, with intention and on purpose. Yes, there's a big difference between just scanning God's word. There's a big difference between just looking at words and then there's a difference between reading God's word, taking in what he has, digesting it, and then by the power of the Holy Spirit, revealing the insight and the direction that he has for you. Because if you look into what a, a biblical lamp looked like, I believe we have a picture of it. This is what it looked like. So this is what the, when he refers to a, a lamp, this is what it looked like 2,000 years ago, 2,500 years ago. It was a uh, a candle that was connected to a vessel of oil. And as long as there was oil, there was going to be light. And as long as there was oil, there wouldn't be darkness, there wouldn't be confusion, there wouldn't be a, there wouldn't be a saying, I don't feel peace about this. Or, they, as long as there was oil, there would be a light for their path. And I believe God did that on purpose because Almost if you've ever walked a life with God, you will know that when God lights your path, it's not like a huge spotlight. It's like a lamp on your feet, right? Because it's hard to be in darkness. And really without God, we're in dark. if you are without God, you're in darkness. There's people who think I'm in the light just because they have success. But if you have success without God, you're still in darkness, okay? The light, his name is Jesus. The light is the Christ. Light is the name of Jesus, not anything else. So don't let anybody, don't be confused. Don't think, say, hey, if the big account looks good, then I must be in the light. Don't be confused about that. Know that to be in the light is to be in God's will. To be in the light is to be God leading your life and be having the fruit that only God can provide. That's how you know you're in the light that God wants you to be in. Uh, but when we are in, in darkness, it can be, uh, it can be confusing. It can, it can be scary when you are in darkness. And, and media team, you can cue the lights. And don't worry, guys, I practiced this. Let me turn on this iPad. Let me turn on the iPad for better suspense. There you go. <laughs> See, we don't have a, uh, and I did call. I called around, okay? But they don't have a, a biblical lamp. But we did have a modern one at Academy. So, in this lamp, this is a modern version of the lamp that they we have. There is oil in this base. And as long as there is oil in this base, there is a light, uh, and there will be light for the path. And if you've ever lived a life after God, you will know uh, that uh, it's not like driving a, a vehicle or a car. It's not like uh, driving in, in the modern times where you can see miles ahead of you, right? Have you ever turned on the brights on your car? You can see forever. Sometimes it scares me how bright those things are. But when you're walking, when it's close to walking with God, it's a light that you can see where you are at and you can see the next step. But you can't exactly see where the path ends and where you're going. But you see what's around you. You see where you need to go. And that's about all God allows you to see, right? But see, this is much more comforting than anything else because as long as you have this light, yeah, you might be surrounded by darkness. Yeah, you might be surrounded by different things. But as long as there's oil in here, there is light to lead the way. As long as there's oil in here, God will give you direction for your path. 
And if you've read scripture, then you will know that oil is representative of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is what gives the word the resonance and revelation. There's many people who read the word without the Holy Spirit and think that they have direction. And really, they just have knowledge but not wisdom. See, God is what gives, his spirit is what gives insights. His spirit is what gives those words the power. His spirit is what makes the revelation come out. And as long as God's spirit is in the middle, there will be light to direct your path. There will be light to surround you. There will be light to say, hey, you know what? I might not see exactly where I'm going. I don't really see where this path ends, but I see what's around me. Darkness can't get to me. I see where I need to step. And as long as I have this lamp around me, I can walk wherever I need to go. And God will direct my steps. God will lead my path. As long as I have the light, as long as I have the oil, I got all the direction. I got all the wisdom. I don't need people. I don't need politics. I don't need society. I just need the word of God to give me direction. I don't need man to give me direction. I don't need anything. I need the word of God. I need God's spirit to be a lamp unto my path. And see, a lot of us find ourselves in this space tonight that we see maybe not where we are going, but we can see just enough to take the next step. Maybe we don't see exactly what it is 10 years from now, but, man, I can see what tomorrow looks like. I can see what the next step looks like, and, and really that's what God's will is, is God will never reveal step 1 through 25. God will never reveal exactly where you'll be in five years, but you know what God will do? He will be a lamp unto your feet, and it will show you, hey, what the next step is. And after you take that step of, after you take step one, God will show you step two. And after you take step two, God will show you step three. And that's what walking in the word looks like as we're taking step by step, decision by decision, moment by moment, day by day. And God will lead us to everything that he has for us. Come on, if you believe that, give Jesus a shout of praise tonight. You can turn on back the lights. You can stand to your feet tonight. I'm closing. See, point three for tonight is this, is God's word illuminates our path. God's word illuminates our path. He will show you where you are going. He will show you the next step. And really, that's the beautiful thing about being a child of God is we know that our next step is already in the hands of God. The beautiful thing about being filled up with God's spirit is knowing that, hey, I got the oil to last me. I got the oil to guide me. I got the oil to, to keep that light burning, to know that, uh, that my next step, the direction that God has for my life, is not dependent on my knowledge. It's not dependent on my talent. It's not dependent on, on my human efforts. No, it's dependent. Hey, do I got oil in that lamp, and is it lit? And as long as I have that lamp to lead me and guide me, I don't got to worry about all those things. And really, that should be a, a sense of relief. There should be this a wind of relief saying, oh, I don't have to figure everything out, right? Oh, I don't have to be, uh, I don't have to know exactly what the future holds. Why? Because I know who holds my future. I know that God is guiding my path. I know that I don't have to have everything just lined out perfectly. Because let me tell you this, if you think God's will is your plan and you have your five-year journal and you're following that step-by-step, step, let me say that's, that's probably not God's will for your life. God's will cannot fit inside your journal. Let me just tell you that much. But if you are saying, God, I don't really know how this is all working out. God, I really don't know what five years from now looks like. But God, I got my lamp. God, I believe that as long as your fire is lit on the inside of me and as long as I stay in the word, I will see what you have next. 
I, I will see what you have for me. And darkness that is surrounding me cannot get to me because I got the light surrounding me. And there's nothing that can penetrate the light. There's nothing that can overcome God's light. I'm going to close with this. Psalms 119 verse 114. Psalms 119 verse 114. It says, you are my hiding place and my shield. Everybody say shield. I hope in your word. Everybody say word. When I first read that, I said, is that a mis misprint? Like, doesn't mean I hope in your word. Seems like a word's missing. But it says, I hope, I hope in your word. My hope is in your word. It's not anything else. My hope is in your word. My hope is in your promises. My hope is in what you have for me. It's not for anything else. My hope in your word. Sister, depart from me, you evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. And all that psalm is saying is saying, enemy, you better back up. Lies, you better back up. You can't get to me now because I got the light. You can't touch me now because I have the light. You can't convince me of the darkness because I have the light. And as long as we follow after the light and we have the lamp, and here's what's beautiful about the will of God, is that not only will he take care of your now. It says, that scripture says, he is my shield. He'll, he'll take care of me. Not only will he take care of your now, but he will show you what is next. Not only will he take care of you right now and protect you right now and guide you right now and, and take care of your needs right now because I know we have a house full of needs. And let me tell you, we serve a, a faithful father who will, who will give and will guide. Not only will he lead us right now, but he will lead us into what is next. He will show us where to go. He won't leave us behind. He won't, he won't just show us what is now and make us figure out what is next. No, he's saying, I will show you what is now. I'll protect you now, but I'll also lead you into what is next. Closing point for tonight is this. is that the word of God guards what is now and guides to what is next. The word of God guards what is now and guides to what is next. The word of God will guard whatever you have right now. Whatever is taking place right now. Whatever you're dealing with right now in this moment. God's word will protect it. God's word will shield you. God's word will fend off the enemy. God's word will, will push off the darkness. God's word will give you all the power that you need. Will be found in God's word. If you need power right now, it's in God's word. If you need strength right now, it's in God's word. If you need peace right now, it's in God's word. If you need deliverance right now, it's in God's word. Whatever you need right now is in God's word. And not only that, whatever you need in the next, God will guide you as well. God will not leave you behind. God will not leave you in the dust. God will not say you've made too many mistakes. God will not say you've done too many things wrong. God will not say that you're not worthy enough. No, God will look at you and say, son and daughter, I have protected you, but now I'm also leading you and I'm taking you to what is next. I'm taking to what I have for you. And the beautiful thing about God is that he doesn't make it complicated. He just says, go to my word. He doesn't make it a, a, a puzzle. He says, go to my word. He doesn't make it confusing. He says, go to my word and it will be a light unto your path. It will be a lamp unto your feet. It will guide you wherever you need to go. And your life might look one step at a time. Your life might look like you don't have the next five years planned out. But that's what walking in the word looks like. Is one step at a time, being led by God's spirit, being led by God's word, not really knowing what the next five years looks like. But you know what, God, 
I know what my next looks like. Uh, my next is going to be directed by your word and by your spirit. Come on, every hand lifted. Let's just pray real quickly. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this house, God. We thank you, God, that you are guiding us. We thank you that your word is protecting us, God. We thank you, Father, that what you have in store for us is greater than anything than what the enemy has in store, God. That your word is mighty. Your word is powerful. That your word will break down any barriers. Your word will break down any walls. Your word will break down any insecurities. That the answer for every one of our problems, the answer for every one of our insecurities is found in your promises. It's found in your word. It's found in what you have for us, God. God, right now, God, we release any other things we're trying to hold on to. We release the need of people's opinions. We release the need of us trying to align ourselves with culture or align ourselves with society. God, we want to align ourselves with your word tonight. We want to align ourselves with what you have spoken tonight, God. For the word of God will never fade away. For the word of God will stand forever. Let us be connected not to temporal things, but to things of eternal value, to things that you have for us, God. So, Father, we thank you, God, that your word, let it be, God, a well on the inside, led by the Holy Spirit to find the peace that we need, the strength that we need, Father. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, God, for instructing. We thank you, God, for leading. And we love you, Jesus. Come on, if you believe that, give Jesus a shout of praise tonight. 